Hello and welcome to the Western Sports FC podcast. We've got two weekends of football to get through with four matches to cover. It's been a stormy weekend, but unlike the Premier League champions, we were resilient enough to get our games on. It is Thursday the 13th of February and with me tonight is Harry Gibbs. Uh, it's only Harry because I assume everyone else is uh, treating their partners to an early Valentine's Day gift because they're a bit cheap to do it on the actual night. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a cosy one for us tonight. So, Harry, we've got to pass our minds back uh, two weeks where we played Wareham and you had some great news, well, good news for the club, I guess, before the game. But, you know, Steve Ormrod had returned from uh, his extended holiday in the... Uh, Oceanic region, uh, but that was tempered by what happened in the warm up. Yeah, it was an absolute disaster, really, because obviously Steve's such an asset to the club when he's back. Um, and yeah, it was such a freak accident in the warm up. He just sort of turned, and I think he got his foot stuck in the mud and went over and unfortunately broke, broke his leg, which was not nice. No, however, he, uh, he still made it to comedy night that evening, so uh, darn sight better than a lot of people made, made an effort to. So, good work from Steve. So, he'll be out for a few weeks, obviously, which is a bit of a shame when we, you just get back a new player, but uh, it, unfortunate. So, uh, best of uh, luck, Steve, in his recovery, and obviously, we, we'll still see him around. And, uh, we hope he gets better soon. And the pitch, obviously, as you'd expect, was soft after all the rain we've had, and also, as you'd expect, at Alvington, a bit of a biting wind. Yeah, I mean, I was really impressed with the pitch again because you know, we've actually got a lot of games played on it and the weather's been not the best. I thought it was flat, it was more than playable for football, but like you said, the the ever fa- the famous uh, Alvington wind was ever-present. <laughs> and I guess as you'd expect against a team in the, in the sort of bottom reaches of the league, you started, started strong on top and sort of forcing the back, winning corners, getting them under pressure. Yeah, I think... We, we did start well, but we just always felt like we were in second gear, to be honest. We sort of, we were playing the simple passes and then we were playing straight up to the front three, but the front three were very static. They were sort of up on the hills for a lot of the, the half. And, and Although it was comfortable, I think it could, we always felt it could have been a lot better, to be honest. And, you know, fair play to wear them. Sort of, when we were getting forward and getting the, getting the shots in, they were getting blocks in, they were had a good shape making it difficult for us to break them down yeah yeah they had a really they had a good um they were set up really well um their structure was good and they weren't they were certainly no uh, mugs and they were difficult to get through to say the least uh, but eventually probably after sort of half an hour of pretty much constant pressure uh, we did find a breakthrough and uh, nick voss as part of his starring role in this conversation uh was the provider yeah yeah i can't actually remember too much about the goal but uh, I know the, the header came out to a bar about eight yards out and he certainly buried the header well um, but I can't remember much about the assist to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess the only the only other thing we had really before half time a decent chance was um, Flem managed to hit the bar from a corner yeah yeah I'm not sure if it was the wind or the the, the power of the strike but the crossbar was shaking <laughs> for quite a while afterwards <laughs> and um Wareham's only chance of the half came right before half time and a good save from Cuffey to keep it at 1-0 yeah ec- excellent so they sort of caught us uh, napping I suppose at the back because we had been in their half for uh, large periods and they hit some cow and it was a good one-on-one save from Cuffey he kept his uh, sh- shaped his body up well and he yeah he done well so half time is it you know obviously we're 1-0 up it's a good place to be and we're a little disappointed uh, with our pressure and our dominance of the game and it's only the one yeah yeah I think um, we 
team knows that I've sort of voiced my displeasure with the first half performance. Um, said a few words to a couple of people that you know I thought they were giving me probably 50% of what they could give me and with their skill set and what they have, the, the, the abilities they have got they should be doing a lot better and fair play they come out the second half and they've responded to it and again it's uh, Nick Voss with the assist but different scorer this time pretty much straight after the restart yeah yeah I think like, like I said the as soon as we come out the blocks, we, we look like a different side, and the, the front three were just at it, to say the least. And like Vossi was uh, sharp, and the cross was absolutely immaculate. It was, I don't, I think uh, Josh was the only player in the box. He couldn't have found it. He couldn't, he was, couldn't put it anywhere in a better place, and Josh took it very well. And Wareham started to eat themselves in the game a little bit. Um, I guess having nothing to lose at this point, being two 0 down, and you know needing the points as well, um, but not really troubling Cuffy at all. And we were still dangerous. No, I think, like I say, we were we were just a, a much better side in the second half. From first to every ball, the second balls we were picking up, and then when we got the ball, we looked really dangerous. So I think it was, the second half was just constantly sort of pushed in their half, to be honest. And number three comes, and it's another Nick Voss cross. Yeah, yeah, Mal had only just literally come off the bench and he went straight up top, but Voss, it was almost an identical ball to the first, and he beat his man, got to the byline, and then left foot cross, just put it in with pace straight to Mal, and Mal couldn't, couldn't really miss, to be honest. What he had to do was guide it goalwards. OK, and then we come to, like, the, uh, well, not the anomaly goal, but this goal. Flem, let me describe it, then ask you the question, I guess. Flem plays the ball into Malik. Malik realises he's offside and ignores the pass, walks away from it. Uh, Flem continues his run, though, gets on the end of it and scores. So does this go down as a goal and an assist? <laughs> yeah. Because we'll never hear the end of it if it does. I, I've, never, I've never seen anything like it. It was in slow motion almost. He picked it up in his own half, he played a 1-2 with somebody, and then he played the ball to Mal, and obviously Mal just put his hands in the air and walked, and they parted like the Red Sea. <laughs> it left him one-on-one. He managed to take it round the keeper, <laughs> and then everyone thought he'd overrun it by the goal. He finished it from the tightest of angles, yeah. De- he definitely was an assist because he played his own through ball, so yeah. I mean, I can imagine the phlegm running through around the keeper was quite slow motion as well. <laughs> it took, I think it took about five minutes, the whole move. <laughs> and then, I guess, just to, um, just to put the icing on the cake, uh, it's a, a fourth assist of the day to Nick Voss I don't know whether that's better or worse than assisting your own goal uh, but a good finish from young Isaac who's been playing the last few weeks yeah I mean this yes it is an assist but Isaac did everything to be honest uh, Nick's played a simple five yard pass and then Isaac's took it onto his right opened his body out and he has just levered it into the top corner it was a great finish really good goal so it shows how stats can be slightly misleading then if you're claiming that it's okay <laughs> but I guess in the end comfortable win just what the doctor ordered uh, in the sort of result against a team who were down there that we should be getting and three points on the board and move on yeah I think it was, it was good I think where we've been playing consistently every week for the last four or five weeks we identified some issues within the side I suppose you'd say um, and then we sort of at half time we addressed them and second half it was really good it was really positive everyone felt good when they came off and it was yeah it was a good day good day okay so that weekend the reserves travelled to Cobham uh, Cobham's first team match which was supposed to be away at Hamrek that day was cancelled and obviously they were delighted to see uh, Jamie Mills and Matt Groves in the starting lineup <laughs> against them um, it was a pretty even even game and um, 
but they did have a quick strike and cause a few problems and they, they scored it with a breakaway goal early on. Um, second followed with it, they reacted first to a, from a save from our keeper and somehow we're 3-0 down before very long in a game that was fairly even. Steve Flynn pulled one back just before half-time and the second half were completely dominant really. Uh, had several chances and failed to take any of them. Um, scored a second with just a couple of minutes to go but unfortunately that was too late to force an equaliser and really left that game thinking how we didn't pick any, any points up was a, was a little bit disappointing but the performance was good which in recent weeks before that it had been a bit mixed and a bit hit and miss so uh, definitely positive to take out of that game even though the result was, was less than good. So Harry, moving on to the weekend just gone. Uh, this game is Dorchester Sports. Yeah. Uh, we know Dorch have been a tough opposition for us over the last few years. Um, the pitch was still maybe recovering from the weekend before we wear them. But on the plus side, we didn't really get much of Storm Chiara. No, no. I think we luckily just got the game in just before the win got too bad. Uh, as we say about the famous Alvington win, we were expecting it to be quite horrendous down there but it was surprisingly quite nice at the start of the game which was lucky because a few hours later it would have been absolute chaos down there and we started well uh, Josh was causing a few problems and forced the forced their keeper into a couple of early saves yeah we, we come flying out of the blocks so I think we basically left off from uh, took off from where we left off in the Wareham game and uh, yeah the first 10 minutes it was really impressive stuff and we were playing some great great football then Kiara did sort of come along start of and the wind starts picking up and passes going to stray a little bit uh, becoming a little bit more niggly the game I guess some niggly fouls going on perhaps yeah I wouldn't say it wasn't so much because of the weather I don't think I think the first, like we said we started the first 15-20 minutes really positively and then I think the game just came a little bit heated more than anything and I think both sets of players sort of lost their sort of focus and were more concentrating on the, the sort of the, the, the aggressive side of the game. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's because of the weather. Yeah. <laughs> and the game, I guess, sort of got into half time without too much notes in the first half. Um, but starting the well, change of ends would be playing into the win in the second half. Did you feel that was an advantage or a disadvantage? Well, yeah, I think like we, like I, said, I think we, we felt the first half. Now we had much the better of. Uh, the last fifteen was very, very even. Uh, and when we came at halftime, it's, we, I got that sort of feeling from the, the away side that they were quite happy with that half to get in and then go with the win second half. Whereas, obviously, they're playing down Alvington most weeks. We know that we're, we're better when we're going against the wind, and it's sort of we were comfortable with the fact that we had the wind against the second half. And early on in the second half, the keeper makes, uh, or the sorry, the Dorch Sports keeper makes a great save from Flem from a, a corner which he manages to get on the end of. Yeah, I don't think we didn't quite mention in the first half that he made two unbelievable saves from Josh. I think the first one was a header which looked like it had already gone past him, and he managed to just parry it onto the post. And then second was a one-on-one where he just used his body and he made a great save. And then start of the second half, he, he'd done exactly the same from Flem. Flem looked like he'd put the ball past him, but he somehow. Stuck out an arm and he just rolled it onto the post. It was a yeah, quite impressive save from him. However, we did manage to get past him just before the hour, uh, and this time it's Josh Payne with a good through ball to Nick Boss. Yeah, picked up just in round by the halfway line, uh, opened his body up, and then he looked. Just seen Vossi was very switched on. He made the run across his defender, and by the time the ball had gone, being played through, Vossi was away one on one, and he coolly smashed it in the bottom corner. 
he does finish well in those situations, doesn't he? Yeah, he certainly does. And literally two or three minutes later, uh, it's, it's another through ball this time it's Luca and this time it's Josh on the end of it yeah I think like the, in terms of the move it was quite quite identical Luca sort of picked up and got dropped in uh, the hole picked up in space turned and he seen Josh's run played him through Josh took it around the keeper thought put it in and then he took it around the defender that covered on the line then he went back and beat the defender again <laughs> and at that point you're going oh my god he's, he's messed it up and he just managed from the tightest of angles to roll it into the far net <laughs> That's oh, nothing like making it hard for yourself, is it? Obviously, um, it was a bit too easy for him. But there you go. One of the easy ones, is there? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I guess you know at this point, Dortmund got to come, but they they didn't. You know, the wind playing like we like we know playing with that wind can be difficult. Passes can go astray pretty easily, and they didn't really create much to, to trouble us. No, I, I, I can't recall a shot on target second half, which. I think it was the way we managed the game was really good. Um, we took we took all the time out of the game, and then when we had the ball, we just run the clock down and we we kept the ball very well in the areas we had it. So it was yeah, it was quite impressive from us to be honest. And then just the, the one moment of danger, I guess, was a was it a corner? It came straight across and flashed past everyone. Nobody managed to get a touch on it, I think. But um, no, no, I think we had a few moments. They had corners and things like that, but. There was nothing to, to note, like no chan- real chances or anything. Um, so other results from uh, the weekend: uh, Bolty three, Holt nil, Corf two, Shaftesbury two, Gillingham nil, Bournemouth Sports two, uh, Portland two, Sherborne two, Stern Newton nil, Common three, uh, Swanage three, Blandford nil, Wareham two, Hamrek. So Merley Cobham currently sit top of the league. They have a one-point advantage over Hamworthy Recreation, who have four matches in hand. So you'd assume that they might go above them, having played 14, won 14 so far. We sit in third, two points behind Hamrec, but we have played three games more. Uh, looking behind, we're fairly... If you take the games in hand, we're in a fairly comfortable third position at the moment. And like you say, with the game in hand on Cobham, we can join them level on points. However, their goal difference is significantly better than ours by about 40 goals. <laughs> so they're quite quite good scorers, aren't they? We can make that back. Yeah. Okay, so the reserves for the uh, second weekend went to Broadstone. It's a nice uh, pitch played on at the Hamworthy United 3G. And also, unaffected by the stormy conditions, is a nice even start. Uh, Broadstone certainly had probably more of the ball, but mostly because we were struggling to keep the ball for a, any length of time, giving it away a bit too cheaply, either bad touches or bad passes. And uh, our you know, standing keeper, Keen Cabell, was sort of not really tested in the goal. But the Broadstone pressure finally told, I guess, if you're defending for 8% of the game or 90% of the game, then you're going to be at risk of making a mistake every now and then. And we were a bit unfortunate with two deflections taking the ball past Keir, so 1-0 down at half-time. Uh, second half, probably a bit better. A little more possessions, a bit, bit more territory, but full-back... Uh, the le- their left-back was starting to cause problems with his runs, quick runs. Jamie Burt... Uh, Try to remedy that with what we'd call an industrial challenge but <laughs> that didn't really seem to stop it and yes another deflection made it 2-0 uh, Sam Fuller had a really good chance with a great pass from Will Island but failed to score and again another slightly fortunate third goal and Lewis Ferguson making his reserve team debut uh, got on the score sheet first person to trouble the two centre R's made it a bit physical beat him in a foot race and beautiful finish past the keeper but Given their, uh, given their centre-halves probably had a combined age of about 90, it's probably fair to say we didn't really test them enough. 
Other results in the Dorset Senior League were Broadstone 3, Western Sports 1, obviously, Cranbourne 1, Bemister 2, Merley Cobham 3, Storbridge 1, and Poolborough 1, Tisbury 2. Poolborough top the league. Poolborough have played 14, won 10, sit on 32 points. Poolborough have applied to uh, come up to the Dorset Premier League next year and they're looking in a strong position. However, Mears have three games in hand of them and sit six points behind, so uh, may have a chance, but... I, Mir has, has, as Mir have not applied to go up I think it's fair to say that um, they have a pool have a good chance of being selected uh, the under 18s match was cancelled this weekend as most youth football was also due to the stormy conditions however the previous week they put 16 past Priory Primers in a 16-1 victory yeah <laughs> alright good Harry the uh, got a cup game at the end of this month which is going to be difficult home to Blanford uh, tough the, the, the draw for the next round was made we don't want to get ahead of ourselves but a way to hand record Parley is probably the, the draw we didn't want if we get through Blanford yeah we, we played wreck in the semis last year is that right I believe we, we yeah, knocked wreck out so yeah, yeah. end of the day if you're going to win anything you've got to beat the best teams in the competition so eventually you have to play them and yeah we know on our day we can play them and we can beat them we just uh, we're playing well at the moment so we're confident we're more confident obviously assuming they get past Parley exactly. which you have we, there we've got to get past Blanford <laughs> haven't we you know, so. and also so three teams in the, in the DPL Hamrek Gillingham Town and um, Dorchester Sports have all applied to uh, to go up from promotion um, to, if, if one of those sides go up do we think the league will be weaker or a better place will it be more interesting if Amrek go up because you know they've been pretty dominant the last few yeah. years yeah I think it's tough because it? all three of them are good clubs they're nice settings where you go and you don't ever want to leave those good sides to leave the league because the league does lose that sort of bit of quality then and although Wreck have run away not I don't think they've run away with it but they have been dominant I think you need a good side like in the league because then it, the chasing pack becomes better as well because they've got to be better to beat them so it would be a shame if any of those sides do leave definitely OK and just away from the from our sort of level the, we're in the middle of a winter break at the moment do we think this has worked is it, is it gaining the benefit that we wanted out of this I think it's a shambles I, I don't understand how the games have been split over two weekends I think that's uh, all to do with TV yeah that's what I mean introduced in the middle of a TV deal that's what I mean I just think it's I, I, and I don't understand the philosophy of the winter break either because there are situations across the season where you do get certain weeks where you don't play and you do get chances to have weeks off I don't think a winter break really makes that much difference and when you see some clubs have let their players go on holidays other clubs have done training camps you're thinking well, what's the difference I don't, I don't I'm not quite I just don't like the idea personally and slight Premier League one then one that one interests both of us probably from different perspectives uh, there's a lot of uh, let's say media speculation or well, fans from, from clubs saying that uh, Man United should give Pochettino the job in the summer or before or whenever I personally feel like he's probably on gardening leave for the end of the season anyway so probably the summer is the time he's available but he had a fantastic side at Spurs and couldn't win anything why do United fans or the media think he can do things with a very average Man United well this is it I, I, I... I think the thing is, when, when he was at Spurs, I enjoyed every minute. I did. He, like, the way we played, we did go backwards a little bit towards in the last year, but 
I personally think it's because of the way he wasn't backed and he wasn't given the resources that he needed to then kick on to the next level. He's shown credentials to be the way he plays, the style, what he does with youth to be a top manager. And I think he is an attractive person for United to have. I can can see why they go all out for him. If they are. You never know. Right, thank you very much for listening. And as the storm drifts away, hopefully the storm due in this weekend, Storm Dennis, uh, will lay off long enough to get us get some games on this weekend. If it does, the first is scheduled to play their third home match in a row as they welcome Shaftesbury to Alvington. The reserves travel to Weymouth College as they face Dorchester Sports Reserves. And on Sunday, the under-18s host Minehead at Alvington. We are on Apple, Google, Spotify and all good podcast providers, so please subscribe and give us a nice rating. If you'd like to get in touch, then please use the hashtag WFCPod. And I'd like to thank Harry for his time this evening and hope to see you all watching our football soon. Thank you very much.